podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the Touchlines and Touchdowns podcast, the world's first and therefore greatest football football mashup podcast, a baseball version of the Touchline Media Group, because we're going to talk about how Max Scherzer came home and sucked. Uh, I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about other things, too. I don't know. I'm your host, Asa, a.k.a. The Twig. Um, we are without my co-host, Napoleon Gregg, a.k.a. The Stump. He is at a pottery class, uh, I believe. Um, so, yeah, this episode is brought to you by the Smith Workforce Management Group, whoever Blue Air decides to put in, Paramount Plus, um, and uh, you, if you want to. If, if you would like to sponsor us, uh, feel free. Um, I'm joined by our uh, pro football uh, expert, as well as resident baseball guy, uh, Nick. Nick, how you doing? I'm good. Um, it's nice to be subbing in for Greg. He's getting his Patrick Swayze and Ghost on, it seems like. Um <laughs> Yeah, we just I just got home uh, from the Tigers game where Max Scherzer exposed himself as a sticky stuff fraud, fraud and a cheater. And um, yeah, Johnny and I brought the brought the W home in the uh, the second game of the doubleheader here. So um, I'm going to the game tomorrow too. Verlander is pitching um, for the Mets, so going for the sweep though. Less less clown fraudy, I think. I, I, I like Verlander more than I like Scherzer, probably because he like was a homegrown. Yeah, that was the best trade though, was trading for trade they traded Granderson for Scherzer and Austin Jackson and Phil Coke. That was that a was really a, good trade. I yeah. I um is it is it I I don't want to get too deep into it, but is it is it a little weird that the only place Dave Dombrowski has not won a World Series is Detroit? No, I mean we should have won the World Series in, in 2013. I mean, just we did everything else but win the World Series. We did we literally we went to the World Series twice, won MVPs, Cy Young. I mean, um in 2013 they had six guys make the all-star team. <sighs> You know, we just blew that series um, against the Red Sox and the ALCS. And even, like, you know, I watched some Red Sox games the last few years. Um, and, like, David Ortiz and, like, Kevin Euclid and these guys, they're all like, how did we beat the Tigers in 2013? Like, they had no business beating the Tigers in that series. They just kind of, um, you know, it's a game of inches. They got, they got lucky a little bit. Tigers bullpen blew that second game. Um, they, you know, if they didn't, if that didn't happen, they would have been up two nothing. And then in game three, the Tigers came home and lost one nothing. Verlander gave up a home run to Mike Napoli, uh, and oh. the Tigers got shut out by John Lackey. So it was just like, you know, those those are the breaks breaks of the game. Um, it happens. Yeah, it, it, it happens. I mean, it's just like I, I feel like I say this all the time to people. It's just like they did everything. You know, it was basically a mini dynasty. I mean, they won the division four years in a row. Um, you know, they were in the ALCS a bunch of times, you know. And it's, yeah. Yeah, it's it's not even like they were like doing stupid things and it and it like continued to work out. Like they chased every big name they possibly could to like fix whatever seeming issue arose. 
Yeah, just the one the one thing they didn't do was they would they would basically have a bullpen that was like one one or two guys. It was like they had Papa Grande and Joaquin Benoit, but that was pretty much it. It was a pretty weak bullpen usually. I mean, they were a stars and scrubs team. You yeah. know, they had they had a lot of stud players and they were still you know, they'd play guys like Andy Dirks or Quentin Berry in left field. I mean, you can't win the World Series with Quentin Berry batting second. I mean, no. it's just like they made the World Series in, in 2012. And I mean, this guy had one of the worst games in World Series history where he struck out twice and hit into two double plays. Which um, is pretty impressive, to be honest. Like, is- <laughs> like you know, you, you talk about like true results, like, this is worse than just a golden sombrero of striking out three or four times. Like this is, this is actively harming your team instead of just yourself. So. This is funny because there were a few years after 2013 where literally every time I would get drunk with my friends, we would end up talking about how they didn't win the world series. (laughs) I am really upset about it, but um, the last dance during the pandemic, the last dance, uh, the Michael Jordan documentary, I think that really put things in, in perspective uh, for me a little bit where like, you know, cause it's similar with the Knicks in the nineties, right? Like the Knicks, mm-hmm. they never won, but it wasn't, you know, they, they basically did everything else but win and they couldn't get past Michael Jordan. And that's just like, it's, that's life. That's sports. Like sometimes someone is just better than you and you're never going to beat them. <laughs> And for the Tigers, the thing, the team that was better than them was, uh, you know, routinely the team that they, that, that, that could get to their bullpen, right? Like, or bathroom. I don't know. Anyways, they're 12 and 17 this year. I don't have to care about baseball, right? Why do I have to care about the Tigers again? 2025. Well, I, I hate to break it to you, but we're only three games back in the loss column from first place right now. So the Tigers are back. Oh, sweet. Uh, are you have, has the roar been restored or is that exclusive to <laughs> tigers around the prowl let's just tigers say on the prowl there you go let's say let's say that um and yeah okay anyways um so let's talk about the nfl draft obviously we we previewed it last week um uh, a lot if you've listened to that that episode a lot of what we said came to fruition and by we i mean nick um including things like they need a running back and I'll be shocked if they don't get a linebacker and they need a tight end at some point. And Brian Branch would be a good fit. And my favorite, please don't draft Hendon Hooker. Well, I'm, I basically, <laughs> that's, that's crazy that I said all of that other stuff. Um, but I, I didn't want Hendon Hooker in the first round. And um, I think where they took Hendon Hooker is fine because it's pretty clear that Lions don't view him as a future starting quarterback, although people might be getting carried away and saying that they do when um, I think um, like Johnny, I was talking with Johnny earlier and he said this too, like, like Lions fans maybe, or just NFL fans in general are so used to being lied to, you know, by their general managers or, you know, coaches, there's, there's a coach speak and they'll say things that they don't mean. The Lions mean it when they say Jared Goff <laughs> is not a bridge quarterback, when they say that Jared Goff is is the quarterback. And um, it's been reported recently in the free press that the Lions are trending towards uh, offering Jared Goff a contract extension. 
question. Uh, Brad Holmes was on 97.1 recently and saying um, uh, that they've already begun uh, discussions with Goff's representation about a contract extension. So, um, you know, for all the talk about, oh, you know, the Lions have John Dorsey in their front office. He was the GM when the Chiefs drafted Patrick Mahomes and they already had Alex Smith. Alex Smith was like 35 when that happened. Right. And Jared Goff is 28 and Hendon Hooker is 34. So, you know, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like Hendon Hooker, I, I think people, you know, the Lions have been managing their cap really well. The big, the biggest contract they've given out under Brad Holmes is uh, two years, 18 million guaranteed to Cam Sutton. Um, but if Which you're is draft- a fine uh, yeah. contract to give out. Yeah. But if you're, if you're the lions um, and you're taking Hendon hooker, it's like Hendon hooker, like one of his comps is like Teddy Bridgewater. So if you have Hendon hooker on a rookie deal, it's great. um, You know, to not have to pay a guy like uh, Teddy Bridgewater to be a legitimate backup because, you know, they're clearly trending towards paying off. Um, You know, I I don't think he's going to get like a Jalen hurts or Lamar Jackson Joe Burrow, no. Herbert. He's not getting that kind of money. He's going to get more like what Daniel Jones got. I mean, Daniel Jones is, is even younger than him. I mean, go win a playoff game. That's that's why Daniel Jones got paid because uh, he went out and and won a playoff game. I mean, if if Goff does that this next this next year, I mean, maybe they'll give him an extension even before that happens. Um, I mean, my like my his- thing is is that like I think that a lot of fans like like there becomes accepted wisdom right it's like the best way to, to build is around a, uh, an elite quarterback in his rookie contract right like that's become accepted wisdom despite the fact that most of the time when when somebody wins a title they're not that right like most of the time it appears that the teams that win are the ones with truly elite quarterbacks you know the three or four that there are um none of whom to my knowledge were on their rookie deals from the top half of the first round um, outside of Burrow. Um, but I think like that accepted wisdom, like it, it sort of ignores the fact that like Jared Goff is a good quarterback. Like you don't just like give up a good quarterback so that you can go out and draft in this draft, for example, Will Levis or well, that's, give the reins yeah. to Hendon Hooker. Like why? Well, and that's literally what Brad Holmes said at his season ending press conference, where if you watch that back, a lot of the things that he said um, came true, um, specifically the, the line where he said uh, when they asked him about drafting, you know, one of the top quarterbacks like Stroud or, or Richardson, he he said it's a lot easier to get worse at the quarterback position than it is to get better. And I, I don't think he meant that for every team. I think he meant it for his team that already has quarterback who's been to the pro bowl, who's taken a team to the super bowl. Um, it's, it's not unlike Minnesota. Like I think Minnesota may like say what you want about Kirk. Like it's a lot easier to get worse than Kirk cousins. The thing is Kirk cousins is six years older than Jared Goff. So like <laughs> the, the list of quarterbacks who are younger and better than Jared Goff is very short. I mean, Lamar Jackson definitely on that list. Yeah. He's, he costs that huge contract plus two first round picks lines were never going there. They were very clear about that early on in that process. Um, so, I mean, 
Yeah, I, I think like you hit the nail on the head a little bit with the um, people. Their accepted wisdom is is just quarterback on a rookie deal, but that's not really true. The every team you need to have the right quarterback because you take a quarterback on the rookie deal, and if your team stinks or you know they don't have the the right stuff around him or he's just not the right quarterback, you're stuck with him uh, because that's such a huge investment. The first round. Um, you know, top 10 pick type of guy. And like, you know, I think the, the, the trade that the bears made out of trading out of the number one pick and getting Carolina's first round pick next year. I think that's going to be a pretty good pick from Carolina. Their receivers stink. I mean, uh, it's literally Bryce young and, and he's got miles Sanders and a decent offensive line, but like, um, their, yeah. their receivers are chark. Thielen and Ter- Terrace Marshall. They drafted Mingo. Um, Hayden. They signed Hayden Hurst to tight end. It's like he better be making Mahomes level <laughs> imp- improv type of plays back there because um, folks are not, not getting be, open. <laughs> yeah, there's not going to be a lot of. I mean, maybe if he's throwing the dimes that Goff was throwing to DJ Chark last year, but I don't know if they're going to have that type of chemistry right away. So. Um, I think the Bears are going to get a really nice draft pick from from Carolina next year because they're they're going to suck. Yeah, they're going to suck. And I think like especially especially when you make that sort of investment into a Bryce Young um, or into really any first round quarterback, best case scenario, you end up with, you know, a Joe, Joe Burrow. Right. And you hope that that can sort of roll into things. But you don't get Joe Burrow unless you happen into multiple first round picks and, you know, an elite wide receiver core and a defense that's pretty good and all of these other things that need to happen. Um, And most teams that are picking at the top of the draft don't have their shit together. That's sort of the point. So like the infrastructure necessary, I actually do think that the Lions will have the infrastructure necessary next year where you could bring in a, a a first or second or third year quarterback and have them sort of take the reins. Right. But at, at this point, it's like, okay, we can, we can go with Goff for the foreseeable future until he's 32, 33. And we've seen a number of quarterbacks maintain their prime that long and longer, or you can say, okay, maybe what, you know, next year you're talking about Jaden Daniels being QB two you know, behind Williams, like, is that, is that really what we're doing? Is that really like the, the, the quarterback class that we're really excited for Spencer Rattler? Like, what are we talking about? It's not like, it's not like there's that much beyond Caleb Williams at this point. So, well, there actually kind of is there's Drake, Drake may sucks. So, so <laughs> some people, Nate, I saw Nate Tice on Twitter the other day was saying he's QB one, which is just insane to Wild. me because the Caleb Williams film is so good. Um, but I, I think Drake may, like I've watched him. He reminds me of Herbert, um, kind of a lot, honestly, who people didn't like him in college either. So I, I liked um, him in college just because like I watched enough Oregon to know that their coaches had no idea who they had. Um, but yeah, I hear you. I, I, I can see that with, with that, I guess. JJ. Oh, okay. 
<laughs> I saw Dane Brugler's too early mock on the athletic. He had JJ's like number 15 pick. There was another quarterback too. That's escaping. escaping it's New it's the other one is Quinn Ewers or Bo Nix. Oh, whatever. Ewers. No, yeah. Ewers. Ewers for sure. Ewers. Bo Nix is older than Hendon Hooker, but um, no, he's not, but it, it doesn't <laughs> matter. It, it doesn't matter. Um, but I, I think it's more – I think the QB on the rookie deal is so overrated at this point. It's just like you look at you look at Philly. I mean, Philly wasn't – you know, they, they love Jalen Hurts enough to take him. They took him in the second round, so you don't even get the fifth-year option. Um, and, I mean, when you take these quarterbacks in the second and third round, it's it's no man's land. You know, it it's like – if if people hated these quarterbacks, they would go in the fourth round or later. If you really like them, you would take them in the first round. You know, you're you're Hendon Hooker is never going to start for the Lions. I mean, no. unless unless Goff is hurt for a few games. But I think he's I think he's a a good pick because it's like if Goff the Lions are in this window where if Goff gets hurt for a month or so, it can wreck your season if you don't have you know if you end up playing Nate Sudfeld um, in that time. So. Um, I definitely think Hendon Hooker profiles as the type of guy that can come off the bench and win you three games or so. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, I think that's what you're looking at with that pick. I mean, the, the level of investment is not very much. I also think like just based on, um, you know, what Brad Holmes is saying, what's been reported too, is that um, like we talked about on the podcast last week about how they were, pretty interested in, in Devin Witherspoon from Illinois mm-hmm. and they kind of got thrown for a loop when Arizona traded out of the number three pick and that allowed Will Anderson to go there because the Lions were hoping that either Will Anderson or Devin Witherspoon would have been available at six and they didn't want Carter which is obvious yeah it's it's it was very clear leading up to the draft they were not um, into Jalen Carter. Um, you know, there was a lot of reporting on both sides about whether Seattle was interested. Um, turned out they were not. Um, but then, you know, you're getting this report that the Lions w- were comfortable taking Gibbs, Jameer Gibbs at six. And I think you get, you're getting, that's where they were able to trade back, of course, to 12. And that's when, you know, people are making fun of Brad Holmes for his celebration um, after picking Gibbs. I think he was just happy that Gibbs was still there because they they would have taken him at six. He was their favorite guy left. And I, I think people, um, you know, the NFL draft isn't so great every year. Like, I don't think this was the best draft of all time or something. It just happened to be a draft where the Lions had two first-round picks. And once and and having the sixth pick, you know, that game that Baker Mayfield won against the Raiders for the Rams on a Thursday night, you know, that knocked us back a few spots. And, um, you know, so they weren't in position to take a shot on Stroud or Richardson. They weren't in position to pick Anderson or Witherspoon. So at that point, it's like, you know, the the best guy that they liked was Gibbs. So they, you know, they wanted, they wanted to take him moving back to 12 and getting 34 um, to do to, and still get the guy that you wanted anyway, works out great. And I I think the thing with Gibbs and, and I sort of, I made the joke 
I, I was joking about it in our in our group chat because like, you know, again, accepted wisdom about running backs in the first round. But I think the thing with Gibbs and and the thing that like sort of needs to be remembered is that like running backs are allowed to catch the ball, right? And Gibbs is a pass catcher. Um, much more than he is like a pure running back, like say, oh, I don't know, David Montgomery. Um, and if if Gibbs was, you know, offensive weapon, right? Like what they what they used to call uh um uh what was his name? DeAnthony Arnett. No, that's not right. DeAnthony something. Um, over at Oregon, where it's like, yeah, he'll run the ball, but he's also gonna catch 50 balls a year and 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 have X amount of rushes and and if you think about Gibbs as, as a wide receiver at 12 in a wide receiver class that clearly was not very good, then maybe people are, are a little less, you know, sort of joking on it and a little more, you know, interested in the ways that they're going to deploy that, especially with the wide receivers that, that, that Detroit has, um, you know, which, which is still a, a passing game that, that is fairly robust if, if last year was anything to say about it. Yeah, I think the big thing is, you know, people are a little brainwashed by, you know, kind of the money ballification of sports where, and I think we've seen this in baseball, the money ball, it doesn't work when every single team is doing it. And in football, not, you know, we're, we're at the early stages. There's definitely some teams that they just want to money ball everything. The Lions are not one of them. There's definitely you've seen before this year lines didn't make big investments in running back, tight end, linebacker. Um, you saw Brad Holmes with the Rams. He was in charge of putting together their draft boards. They did not make big investments in those positions with the, the notable exception of Todd Gurley with a top 10 pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like, I don't get why people are so surprised that, um, you know, I, like I mentioned on on the podcast last week that he didn't draft corners, um, you know, with the Rams so much as they traded for guys like Jalen Ramsey and Aqib Tlaib. And you saw in free agency, the Lions were able to get three veteran corners. And like, I want to push back on, like, there's a lot of people saying like, oh, if you, you know, just mix up the picks and if they took Brian Branch in the first round instead of, jack campbell well let's think about it for a second why did brian branch fall to the second round um it's because he's not super big and he's not super fast you know who is big and fast <laughs> jack campbell um jack campbell six five two fifty um you know I, I i think i might have even mentioned last week that i would not be surprised if they drafted him i was surprised that he went in the first round like everyone mm. was but, um, you know, the mock drafts were just wrong. And Brad Holmes had a thing about that, too. He was specifically talking about uh, passing on Tyree Wilson and, and Jalen Carter, but who have concerns that, you know, the people that made the mock drafts, the fans didn't really weren't really thinking about so much. I mean, everybody Which is knew, insane with Carter specifically. Everybody knew about Carter's concerns, but, you, you know, it's, it's that's a team by team thing. Clearly, right. the Eagles did not care. Um, well, I think, I actually think that the Eagles did care because think about what the infrastructure they're putting him into is right. Like, I don't, I don't know if they make that pick, if they don't have five people immediately there to keep him in check. 
Yeah, he's he's got that familiarity with a lot of players on their team already um, who were on the Georgia defense. And it's funny because a lot of people were saying as sort of the knock on these Georgia defensive prospects in the in the NFL was, oh, you know, these guys are it's it's more all of them together than any one of them is so good. And, and now it's like, well, they're all on the same team now. So well, what if we just put them it. all together? Oh, OK. Yeah. Well, add a so. Fletcher Cox too. Why not? Yeah. Um, well, it, and then Tyree Wilson, you know, he, he fell in the draft because he has a serious foot injury um, that no one, no one really was talking about uh, or factored into to their mock drafts. So, um, you know, I, I knew that the Lions would be interested in Jack Campbell, not just because they have a need at linebacker and because of the type of player he is, the, you know, He's like the number sixth um, at most athletic linebacker since they started, you know, doing the Raz scores in, in the late 80s. So mm-hmm. um, there's also the type of person that he is off the field um, that obviously resonated with Brad Holmes with, and Dan Campbell. But Dan he's, Campbell specifically. <laughs> he is he is all football all the time. I mean, so and, and then I didn't, you know. I didn't know that um, uh, Sam Laporta was kind of the same way where they were, um, you know, really taken with his, not only his physicality on the field, but he's, you know, a team captain and a leader and, um, you know, kind of soft stuff that Dan Campbell cares a whole bunch about. Well, I mean, I, I can't get over, you know, TJ Hawkinson, you know, falling down and running to the sideline most of the time after catching passes. And then this guy is just a yak beast. I mean, <laughs> he, he won't go down. Um, so I, I think I think you see what they're you can see what they're doing. I, I really think the process that Brad Holmes um is using for these draft picks is very refreshing. I mean, there's, there's so many other teams that would have, you know, just plugged away, continued to, you know, draft offensive line, defensive line with their early picks. Um, You know, the lions are pretty comfortable with their offensive line and defensive line. It seems like, I mean, I was saying before the draft, I think their defensive line is underrated the way it is. I didn't think they needed Jalen Carter necessarily. I mean, they did draft a defensive lineman, um, but it, that's more of a future pick. It's not really um, the Broderick Martin guy. Yeah. I mean, the, the, he he's Brad Holmes even said, you know, it's not about what he is right now. It's about you know a guy what with he that is size. in a year and a half or two years. Yeah, a guy with that size and that length and that motor and attitude is everything that they want. So, um, but really. Uh, that season ending press conference when he, you know, he specifically name checked uh, Romeo Aquara and Charles Harris, who, I mean, obviously did not have good seasons last year. Um, and both of them took massive pay cuts um, to Just stay. And, yeah. and I think, I think those guys are highly motivated, um, you know, to have a good season this next, next season. And, um, you know, obviously, Hutch, James Houston, they were able to bring back yeah. Kaminsky, who they love. So um, Josh Paschal was a second-round pick last year. So um, they've got plenty of guys on the defensive line. Ali McNeil's been been playing great. Abuzarike is coming back. Um, and, yeah. and Isaiah Bugs as well. 
Right. Like it's, it's the, the cupboard's not barren and there's a lot to look forward to. Another place uh, where there's a lot to look forward to is uh, the streaming platform Paramount Plus. Hey, everybody. Uh, is this a recorded ad read? It is. You have. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Do it again. No, just keep going. Just keep going. UEFA Champions League Soccer is streaming on Paramount Plus. Nine months of heart-stopping, hold-your-breath exhilaration is underway with the biggest stars, top teams, you'll note not Arsenal, and craziest fan bases across Europe. Watch every match from the group stage through the knockout rounds as Benzema and Real Madrid defend their title, no, against Liverpool, no, Man City, yeah, probably, Chelsea, no, PSG, come on. Barcelona, now you guys are clearly just messing with us, and more, Bayern, in soccer's biggest (laughs) club competition. So don't miss a single sweat-soaked second of regulation time, stoppage time, and extra time. And stream every match of the UEFA Champions League, live exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Uh, we'll also note that you can watch Europa League and Conference League on, on Paramount Plus, but they're not going to advertise for that. Golazo. So I think just sort of moving moving out beyond, I I need to 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 speak on the Michigan State stuff, um, Nick. I don't I don't know how well versed you are in in the Armageddon that happened at Michigan State like three days ago now. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I mean, I know, I know at, at least the quarterback left. I, I, one of the guys yeah. walked it back, right? So three, three players. So, okay. So dear listener, um, there's been a lot of talk about Michigan State and portal and like people coming in and out and a friend of the pod, Justin Thin has pointed out that they have never lost a player to the portal who was a starter um, prior to Sunday who was like a bona fide going to start the next season. And it's not Peyton Thorne. And we'll talk about Peyton Thorne in a second. Um, Charles Brantley, the cornerback and Keon Coleman, the wide receiver uh, entered the the portal together. Um, Brantley walked it back. Brantley uh, was, was, is a starting ish corner. Um, Part of my understanding of Peyton Thorne, we'll talk about Keon Coleman in a second. Part of my understanding of Peyton Thorne is that Peyton Thorne saw the writing on the wall. And he saw a hotshot freshman behind him. And he saw every single mock draft that talked about Jaden Reed, who ultimately went in the second round because NFL people aren't stupid. Um, every single one was like, yeah, nobody knows how good he is because he didn't get to show it because Peyton Thorne sucks. And I think Peyton Thorne saw all of those things and was like, shit, like, like this is bad. And Keon Coleman apparently... According to some reporting, one of the reasons why he wanted to transfer was because Thorne was maybe going to be the quarterback again, and Coleman didn't want those same sort of whispers when he goes. Um, But Thorne, based on my understanding, and I'm not going to cite any sources here because I can't, um, has been been recruited by Auburn for like four months now. Um, Basically, since the season ended, Auburn has been reaching out to him to try and get him to go to Auburn. and eventually he just was like, okay. Uh, so don't be shocked if that's where he goes. But I want to focus on Coleman because Coleman's sort of a big problem. 
Um, he was wide receiver number, let's call it 1.5 last year because Reed was hurt. Um, and he is like a special talent and that's a problem. But this is what I want to say to um, all of my Michigan State fans who are, who, are, who are ready to sort of pitchfork this or, or jump in the lake or whatever. It's fine. Michigan State wasn't winning anything this year anyways. And if, you, if your faith in Mel Tucker is based upon the results of 2023, I've got some very bad news. And if your lack of faith in him is sort of like verified by this, good, great, that's cool. Um, but he's he's his success and failure has nothing to do with losing a quarterback who he recruited over and a wide receiver who ultimately was going to be gone after 2023, regardless of how he played. So um, this this sounds like copium, and it is because sunshine. Um, but like it's fine, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Michigan State will go six and six. They'll go to a shitty bowl game. It'll be fine. Nick, you good with that? Yeah, I'm I'm good with it. I mean, um, um, I just remember the one, the guy who walked it back. He had the interception against um, Michigan in the Kenneth Walker game. Yeah. Um, and then you know, I would de- I was definitely you know my antenna went up when Thorne transferred because I was like I was not as into it as, as you where I I you know he kind of maybe wasn't even going to be starting so um you know that was that was a little bit of an alarm uh for me some of my uh friends who are Michigan State fans are they they were already pretty down on Mel Tucker so to see a quarterback leave um was not was not great but you know um, and then, you know, to see another, uh, and one of his weapons, the wide receivers. So, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm into, uh, Jaden Reed on the Packers pretty, pretty heavily. I think, um, you know, so, Greg and I have a dynasty team and our rookie draft is on Saturday and we have a terrible pick. We have like the eighth pick or something. So everyone good is going to be gone. So I'm going to suggest just overdrafting, uh, Jaden Reed. Cause I think I, I'm a, I'm a Jordan love believer. Um, and I think with Christian Watson and Jaden Reed, they drafted two tight ends. Um, so I mean, I, that, I'm, that, that team is built for a Jaden Reed. And it's funny last week, you talked about how JSN was a great fit there. And Jaden Reed is just sort of like a poor man's JSN. Well, I think he's, I think he's a better fit for, I mean, I don't think he's a better player than, Jackson Smith and Jigba, but I think uh, Jaden Reed, like the more um, that I've read, like analysis about, about him, he can play all the different spots. Absolutely. Uh, he can play. So I wasn't, I wasn't totally sure about that based on his size. Um, but it seems like he's going to be playing X. He's going to be playing in the slot. Um, so I think, I think for fantasy, he makes a lot, you know, I mean, I think if you're, you know, I think, I think it's over Rome, Romeo Dobbs. It's, it's Jover. <laughs> Romeo Dobbs. So I, th- I think actually I'm going to, I'm going to give you a, a weird example or, or a weird analogy for Jaden Reed. Um, I think he's a lot like Allen Robinson actually um, in terms of like being very good at jump ball merchant stuff. And also, you know, sort of those went, you know, contested catches, but also being able to move around a little bit. Um, I think love 
being not Aaron Rodgers is a great fit for him because I think Aaron Rodgers has established that for the first 10 weeks of the year, he hates rookies um, and would like Randall Cobb back. Thank you. Did I, Dear I think, listener, if you if yeah. you didn't know, Randall Cobb is going to sign today with the Jets. So so Pete Overzet had the best line about when when um, I think it still applies to this this Randall Cobb thing. But when they brought Randall Cobb to the Packers last year, he Pete Overzet was like, "Guys, this isn't about football. This is about having breakfast with Aaron Rodgers." <laughs> and and I think I think that still applies. Like I think it's fine that they're getting Randall Cobb. I mean, he's he's doing the LeBron thing where he just gets his friends paid. Yeah. Um and, and and you know, he can keep doing that. But I, I think I think really um Aaron Rodgers mailed in the season last year. He wasn't he wasn't checked in for, you know, the off season workouts and stuff. He knew it was his last season with the Packers. So what's the point in building chemistry with young receivers? You know, he was he just wanted to, you know, throw the ball to his friends, Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb and um, I, th- I think, you know, you see him at the press conference with the Jets and I mean, he looks five or 10 years younger. I mean, he, he had a he good did. haircut. He, he looks good. I mean, he you know, ready he, to play the part. I assume he stopped doing drugs like he, he just. I'm feeling it with with Aaron Rodgers and and uh, the Jets, I think. I'm actually I'm very interested to see if what to what extent he is interested in throwing to young receivers now, because they have a number of young receivers who are good. I mean, played with Zach Wilson and still looked serviceable, which means that they're probably like Hall of Fame quality. Yeah, I mean, Garrett, um, Garrett Wilson is a problem. I think Garrett Wilson is is in line for a huge season with Aaron Rodgers. I, I don't think it's going to be like, oh. I like Alan Lazard is is a good number two. Like like uh, Garrett Wilson is going to be his favorite target, um, and he, he could have yeah. he could have he could have a Devonte Adams level season. I mean, Garrett Wilson is that good, and uh, Rogers I, I, Rogers I think will be a lot more. I mean, he knows he can't mail in another season. He knows, um, you know, it was a bad situation with Green Bay. They were. They're on the they're on the down, you know, they're on the decline. So um he's going to a place where I mean he's really gonna have to be into it because the AFC is no joke. You're facing Josh Allen twice, you're gonna face Tua. Um, then that's just in your own division. You know, I haven't seen who who their opponents are, but you know, you're gonna run into Burrow and Mahomes and if you get to the playoffs. Um, but they have maybe the best defense out of all those teams. I mean, their defense is no joke. Um, so I think, um, I mean, I think it's a serious opportunity and it seems like he's, he's taking it seriously so far. So, um, I'm, I'm very interested to see what the, what the running back situation is with the Jets and what they're, what they're going to do there. Because despite all the other stuff with, with Aaron Rodgers, he does take care of his running backs in in the past game, at least. So is that, is, is Brees Hall going to be like, catching 40 passes this year yeah I think Brees Hall's gonna have a monster season I mean I've seen people express concern about 
um, the reports that they were maybe interested in Jameer Gibbs and, you know, what that might mean. Um, did they end up drafting a running back too, like a late one? Did they draft? I, I think so. Did they draft Izzy? Yeah. Yeah, I think they did. So, yeah. Um, I don't really think he's a threat to um, Hall necessarily. If Hall comes back 100% from his injury, I think he'll still – he'll still be fine. Cause I actually think people have that whole thing wrong. I think the jets, um, they wanted, um, an offensive lineman and, um, and the Patriots were at 14. They wanted Gibbs and we took Gibbs and the Patriots were like, well, our guy's not here. How can we screw the jets? Because Belichick hates the jets <laughs> and he traded down with Pittsburgh to get the last offensive lineman. And then the Jets made the worst pick of the whole first round, which was Will McDonald, the linebacker uh, from Iowa State. So the Jets just kind of sat there and took it um, when they're the guy that they wanted, uh, you know, the last offensive tackle, I think it was Broderick Jones, yeah. uh, went went off the board. So um, it it is interesting, like – I don't think that the Jets need an edge rusher. Like, I think that they have guys, right? Like, I, if I recall correctly, like, they, they're they well-stocked at defensive line, or at least edge. Um, yeah, they have, they have a great defense. Yeah, so, but sort of going back to the, uh, to the NFC and going back to, to you know, Detroit, um, it's it's a very interesting year in the NFC North as far as I'm concerned because obviously you're one of love we have no idea the Bears uh, maybe committed to Justin Fields but they're a train wreck of a franchise right now and Minnesota you know okay so like are are we are we ready to go all in on on Detroit winning the division for the first time in uh, ever ever. Yeah, so I mean, they, you know, it it just wasn't called um, the NFC North. The NFC North when they won it, um, but yeah, I mean, technically Tampa Bay, who's not even in the division, has won the NFC North, and the Lions haven't. Um, and Tampa Bay hasn't been in the division for years, of course. So um, I'm in on the Lions winning the division still. I mean, I, I think. Um, you know, I think Green Bay's defense is not so good. And, you know, Love, I, I, as high as I am on Love, um, you know, he's not Aaron Rodgers. So no. um, there's not, you know, and, and it's his first time, uh, you know, really playing in the NFL. And then, you know, I think Minnesota is so clearly due to regress. I mean, they got exposed in the playoffs. Uh, by the Giants of all teams. I mean, they got exposed in the second half of the season, pretty much. Um, and then, and then the Bears, like, I don't know. It's weird. The odds. I'm pretty sure the Bears' odds are are you know are lower than um, are lower than than Green Bay. Like Green Bay is is a longer shot to win the division than than the Bears. I don't really understand that because the Bears have not really shown anything i mean they traded for dj Moore, so you have you have a nice little receiver core of weapons for for fields where it's dj Moore, clay cool darnell mooney cole Komet at tight end 
Um, they signed Deontay Foreman to go with, uh, and they signed Travis Homer as well to go with Khalil Herbert. So they have a nice little running back room there. Um, and then of course fields can, can run. Um, but I, and then they signed a lot of guys on defense. They signed, they invested a lot of money into the linebacker position, signing, uh, Tremaine Edwards. Um, so, and they, they made a lot of draft picks. I didn't follow their draft nearly as closely as following the Lions, but, right. um, you know, they're interesting, but I've no way would I say that they're <laughs> going to be competing for the division this year. No, uh, let's play a fun game called who started the first game of the season, uh, at quarterback for the Lions the last time they won a division. What year was it? Uh, 1993. Uh, <laughs> I don't even, I don't even guess really. It was, um, I was three years old, so. It was Rodney Pete. It was Rodney Pete. I was going to say like Scott Mitchell, but that was, I knew that was wrong. Yeah. It was Rodney Pete. Uh, he threw the ball 20 times, uh, one touchdown, no interceptions. Um, 11 for 20 for 178 yards. Uh, Barry Sanders got 26 carries for 90 yards. They won by 17 in this game where their quarterback had 178 yards and they rushed for in total a hundred and nope, 90, 95 yards. How did they win this game? Here's, uh, here's, here's, here's some Lions history. Okay. Everyone knows they won the championship in 1957, right? Sure. Do you know when the next time they even made the playoffs was? Uh, I do not. Night was 1970. Are you serious? I am serious. Do you know the next time they made the playoffs after that? Uh, I do not. It was 1982. So from 57 to 82, they made the playoffs once. (sighs) Okay. And then, and then, um, God, what was this guy? Um, So they lose in the division. Yeah, so they lose in in 1970. They lose to Tom Landry's Cowboys in the division round. You know what the score was? Five nothing. <laughs> Lions defense was was tremendous. The um, they had the, a big play in the second half. The Lions caught a 39 yard pass Earl McCullough, and somehow they did not um, end up scoring. Uh, Lions completed seven passes in that game. Um, and then, just lovely. yeah, just, just amazing. And then in the eighties, um, so we had, we had this kicker. A lot of people might not know this, uh, our friends that are our age, everyone remembers Jason Hansen, right? Sure. Um, but Eddie Murray was basically Jason Hansen before Jason Hansen. But not that Eddie Murray. No, not not, <laughs> not from Beverly Hills Cop, Eddie Murray. Oh, I was um, thinking the baseball player. Oh, <laughs> or Eddie, that's Eddie Murphy. What it's late. It's late for me. Um <laughs> yeah, the base the baseball player, correct. Um 
but anyway, so we're playing, we're playing Joe Montana and, and Eddie Murray is like, he's, he is, you know, an amazing kicker. And we have a kick at the end of this game and he misses and we lose by one to, uh, to Bill, to Bill Walsh and, and Joe Montana. That was, uh, that was That's 1983. Uh, we, won the, we won the division that year. Oh, that's uh, nice. And then, of course, you know, they had the, the Wayne Fonts run in the early 90s. Um, uh, of course, we beat the, the Cowboys in that, that one game. In the last the, I, think, I think the first Jimmy Johnson playoff game? Um, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Um, but that was what? That was 1991. One. And then... Um, yeah, we ended up losing in the conference finals, but yeah, in, in yeah, we beat, we beat the Cowboys. We beat the Cowboys 38, um, six. to six and they ended up winning like four Super Bowls after that. So, um, yeah, that was, it's a lot of what ifs. <laughs> well, it's not even a lot of what ifs. It's just, it's just a really bad history. I mean, of course, you know, like in the Stafford years, the one time they really had a, a really good team was 2014 and we were up 14 to three in that game. And then at the end, was uh, that the, was that, was that the, the Calvin catch game or pass interference game or whatever? Oh, it's the, the one where, where Pettigrew, where they picked up the flag. Yeah. Um, but really that didn't really have anything to do to do with it what what happened was tony romo who should be in the hall of fame got the ball with two minutes left and went right down the field on us (laughs) so i mean and then what ended up happening after that was um the cowboys go to green bay and it's the des caught it play yeah and they lose that game and then green bay goes to seattle and it's the onside kick uh and russell wilson comes back on them and then Russell. they deserved it. I mean, Seattle, Seattle ends up winning the Super Bowl. They destroyed uh, the Pey- Peyton Manning's Denver Broncos. So wasn't I, well, I thought that was the year that that Seattle didn't give the ball to Marshawn. Um, I'm looking. No, this up. I think. Okay, I think I think that's the year that they won. Uh, Wikipedia says that that, that uh, it was the Marshawn year. Wait, I can't find it on Pro Football Reference. Let me see. I mean, I Wikipedia might be lying to me. Um, well, it's just confusing because it's like the Super Bowl happens and then it, right, the next it's, year it's from the season. The, the 2015 Super Bowl is for, took place in 2016. Yeah, so that's wrong. It's the 2014 season. Right. And the 20, right. The 2014 season was the year that, that it was the Marshawn game. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Anyways. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So then they all lost. So then they all lost. <laughs> so just, just the, the 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 Lions like curse of losing just like transfers yeah, one game after the, another. The transitive property of Lions Lions losing. Just, but it doesn't matter because this year the Lions are going to beat the Jets in the Super Bowl. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Lions restore the roar uh, 57, 60, wait, 
I can't math this, but I 66? think it's like 66 years after Dick Nitrain Lane cursed us. Um, Bob, Bobby Lane. Bobby Lane. Right. Different Lane. Bobby Lane cursed us. Um, you know, Lane people always Bobby talk Lane. about people. People always talk about, like, oh, the curse of the Billy Goat or the curse of 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 the Bambino. You know, curse curse of Bobby Lane is, is getting there. We're getting pretty close now. Um unclear who cursed the tigers in the 80s well the tigers it's not even a curse the tigers have been good like four times in a hundred years it's like it's just they were very good they were they were very good but i mean we've been celebrating 1984 for forever already at this point Uh, we're we're, we're, it's 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 going on 40 years yeah Uh, no but uh, but in any event, um, we started with baseball. We end with baseball because uh, fundamentally, uh, this is a baseball podcast. Um, but if you want to learn more about baseball, specifically fantasy baseball and betting on baseball, uh, Nick, what what do you got coming down the pipe? Um, just more content at FDN Daily and um, uh, Action Network. So you know, follow me on Twitter at Electric Snuff. If you got a blue sky invite, sure, throw it my way. I'm not on there yet. Um, <laughs> I also would uh, like one of those. That's great. Um, wait, hold on. As part of the Action Network, do you do you get to interact with Darren Ravel? Uh no. No. <laughs> it's unfortunate. Um, but uh, but okay. So FTN Daily. Um baseball stuff um and uh when when do you get started on your best ball drafts shouldn't it be like nowish so best ball mania four uh has opened um also DraftKings. that's that's on underdog best ball mania four um the grand prize is like three million or four million this year last year was two um they changed the structure a little bit so there's a lot of regular season prizes in addition to the playoff weeks but i'm still um i'm i like to the the nfl schedule comes out on may 11th so you don't even know what the playoff matchups are until that like not in the playoffs but the right week, playoffs. Week, week 14 through 17 yeah so like week 17 isn't all that matters anymore in that contest but um drafters has opened their um drafters fantasy has opened their big best ball contest DraftKings opened um a ridiculously large best ball contest that is i think over a million entries are going to be in that one so if you really like lighting money on fire um for expected value that would take lifetimes plural to realize um you know go go play over there i do think they've made it a little bit easier there's going to be less um you know expected value to be had they've made it easier now uh, to upload rankings to um and display your exposure which you you, you couldn't that was secret before on uh, DraftKings. so <laughs> um you know that I still, I, I'm pretty sure the interface will be just as horrible as it was last sure. year. So um, it's kind of a nightmare playing over there. I, I really prefer to play on Underdog. So um, Underdog, if you'd like to sponsor us, let us know. Yeah, or just you know, um, if you're on Underdog, or if you if you are not on Underdog yet and you want to sign up, my sign up link is um, 
you know, my username and Shlain. So that's N S H L A I N. And then, you know, you get a deposit match up to a hundred dollars. So I'll get $10. You'll get a free hundred dollars. What's win, win, win. And then you can light that money on fire when you decide to go all in on Jaden Reed and he gets hurt in week two. Yeah, I would go, I would go in on Jaden Reed. I mean, I, I have been tempted to get in these draft rooms. Um, I have not, done it yet but i would like to you know pack my my sam laporta bags he he already you know you could have got him in the last round i think people realize um you know he was picked 34th in the draft and the lions tight ends are you know the rest of the tight ends on the roster are are nothing for him to beat out um so i I think he's a good pick Jaden reed is good is is a good pick i do think there's a lot of running backs early that make a lot of sense i will not be investing in deandre swift with philadelphia um, other people <laughs> I think, can, i'll let other people make that mistake that that was one of my favorite tweets of of, of all time maybe the deandre swift is going to get a ton of goal line carries assuming that like seven people get hurt yeah if, if, if jalen hurts uh, Austin Rashad scott. Penny, boston Rashad. scott trey sermon if everyone <laughs> every you know uh do staley you know, whoever, anyone that's ever played running back for the uh, Eagles gets hurt. Brian Westbrook uh, is yeah. behind DeAndre Westbrook, DeAndre Swift on that list. Um, you can find me on Twitter at TLSTDS. Um, thank you to our sponsors. Um, we will be up on Instagram just as soon as uh, we we can uh, talk baseball more because that's what we do now. Um uh, obviously, uh, please tell your friends, like, subscribe, share, tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell your local baseball fan. Um, obviously, we couldn't and wouldn't do this without you. So thank you so much. And we will see you next time. Podcast Network.